the opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. My dying wish will be for the women of Ireland that because of what has happened in this past year, maybe my last year on earth, they will be able to trust that their lives are in safe hands, that they will be minded and cared for at their most vulnerable, and that everything will be done to give them the lives they deserve, the time they deserve with the people they love and who love them and who need them in the world. There will be others who will continue this fight without me when I'm gone, because we are all in this together at the end of the day. We all come from that same place, from a mother's womb. This is everybody's story. Uh, yeah, the voice of Vicky Phelan. I thought it was appropriate to open with it this morning. The news broke during yesterday's opinion line of her passing at the age of just 48. Your newspapers this morning, we don't do them generally, but your newspapers are filled with her. Pictures of her, quotes from her front page of the Echo just uses three simple words, a remarkable woman. The mirror, she fought for us all. Uh, writes the front page there. The Daily Mail, Vicky, a fearless warrior for Irish women. The Irish Independent, I don't want apologies or tributes. I want change. And they're all, they all are there. All of the newspapers have her words. The Sun, the Irish Sun actually puts it best this morning, as does the Star with the same headline. Thank you, Vicky. Three very, very, very simple words. Um, the, the words from the front of the Irish Independent are words that she wrote two years ago um, after the death of Ruth Morrissey, who was another one of the cervical cancer sufferers. She wrote, and we, we were searching for a recording of this this morning. We couldn't actually find a recording of it. So we don't believe she ever spoke these words into a microphone, as it were. But she said, I don't want your apologies. I don't want your tributes. I don't want your aide-de-camp at my funeral. I don't want your accolades or your broken promises. I want action. I want change. I want accountability. Uh, again, the strong words of Vicky Phelan. A book of condolences will open at midday today at the City Hall and will stay open for the next uh, couple of weeks because yesterday, uh, even in the, in the minutes after her death was announced, the outpouring of love and that's the only word love and admiration for her. Um, from people who never met her, never knew her may have heard her on the radio, seen her on the television but never met her, never knew her, identified with her for so many different reasons. Lord Mayor, Councillor Deirdre Ford will open that book of condolences at, at midday. Deirdre, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, PJ. Thank you for giving me uh, the opportunity uh, to say that we are opening the book of condolences this morning at 12.30 um, on behalf of, to give the, the opportunity to the people of Cork to sign the book for her family. And I hope that as many people as possible will come in and sign it. I was very saddened indeed to hear of her death. What a remarkable courageous, compassionate woman. You said it yourself. What an absolute star she was. And, you know, her passing will leave a huge void. She said it herself. She doesn't want accolades. She wants action. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incumbent on all of us now. Today is a day of mourning on her passing and we send our condolences to her children, her husband and her family and the wide circle of friends. But that's what she wants. That's her legacy. So it's incumbent on all of us to follow through with that. 
that's the best thing we can do for the future mm. for Vicky and all the others. Deirdre, I know that the office of Lord Mayor is apolitical in nature, but you have a, a long time spent in politics yourself. Do you think she was failed by the system at times? Do you believe she was? Well, you know, I, I think, if you don't mind me saying for our uh, PJ, today is a day of mourning to respect her passing. All these conversations can and will and should be happening as time has passed once she has, you know, been paid due respect. But there, there is no doubt that we have a job of work to do. Yeah. Yeah, she made huge progress and the duty, I think, befalls all of us, men and women, and I think in a way particularly men, to carry on her her work, to carry on what she wanted and drive it home. Well, you put it very succinctly there. You know, she was a unique person. It's every so often a star comes on to our firmament that will affect us all. And... I've never heard her complain about her own situation. She just did her best. She gathered those closest to her to try and give them precious memories. And I think she fought the battle of a lion, like a lioness, actually. And, you know, these people don't come along too often. And that's why everybody now has an outpouring of grief for her passing. She is lost to us, but we can pay our respects by following on the good work she did. Mm. You will be the first name to sign that book at midday, as is your your custom. Do you expect, I personally think this might be one of the biggest books of condolences collected in quite some time. Do you know what, I agree with you, PJ, because she touched everyone's heart everyone seems to know her you know even as you say if we didn't meet her in person we all know her story we all traveled some of that road with her as best we could i thought the the, one of the saddest points was when she went off to america and she went through such treatments and they didn't uh, really give her the comfort she was seeking i think and that she had to come home and take a decision that must have been a very hard journey for her I think the women of Ireland um, she stood up for and Deirdre as you know the expression it was one first of all it was Mary Robinson used the expression Manana Heron and it's kind of become didn't she become lastly Lord Mayor and I guess as a woman yourself Deirdre didn't she become an icon for the for Manana Heron she definitely did Um, You know, and I think even as time goes on, no one will forget her because they can't take away. No one can take away what she accomplished and what she did. She she has paid a high price. But as I say, we don't want to go down that road today. It's a time for grieving, a time for sadness, a time for remembrance. And I suppose a time for showing love back to her by signing the Book of Condolence, which I hope people will come in to do that. It's a great way to show respect and which will be given to her beloved family. Indeed. And thank you, Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor Councillor Deirdre Ford opening that book of condolences at midday today. Let me listen back once again. Let us listen back once again. We pulled this out yesterday at short notice um, when we heard the news of her death. Her last appearance on the opinion line was Christmas Eve of 2019 when, as I said yesterday, her health was reasonably good. Uh, For someone who had a terminal illness, her health was reasonably good in December of 2019. It was the last substantial interview that she gave to us 
here on The Opinion. She was on, I think, one or two times since, briefly. But this was the last sort of in-depth interview. She was on air with me for the bones of a quarter of an hour, Christmas Eve of 2019. Let's have a listen back now, once again, to some of that. I pick and choose my battles, really, at this stage because I can't get uh, get involved in everything because, you know, and in fairness, Stephen Teep and Lorraine Walsh, you know, the two other patient advocates, they're very respectful of that. They know, you know, they're able bodies. They're healthy. You know, they're 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 not trying to fight a disease as well like I am. So, you know, they don't expect me to kind of weigh in on everything, and I don't because you know I have to watch my health and I have to try not to get too stressed really because of the, unfortunately the nature of what we're dealing with. You know, oftentimes, you know, you're, you're having to fight things or to to fight for answers, and that I'm the type of person that that would stress me out. You know. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I really have to choose my battles very, very carefully. So, you know, next year I'm not going to do as much. I've kind of made a conscious decision that I need to start pulling back a lot more because the reality is, PJ, like the drug I'm on, I will be coming off it in April. I'll be on it two years at that stage. And after that, you know, they take you off the drugs for three months, see how your body uh, copes. I see. Uh, and because I haven't had any shrinkage in over a year, the chances are it will probably start growing back. So I need to start looking yeah. at um, alternatives, which I already have. Are you so scared about uh, that, Vicky? Yeah. So I have a clinical trial back uh, lined up over in the States. But, you know, I mean, ideally I'd like not to have to go because, you know, it's up in sticks and moving to America. Um, and my daughter is a teenager, so, you know, I'm, I don't want to be moving her. So I'll probably just go over on my own and come over and back and have family visit me, really, you know. But if I have to do it, I'll do it, PJ. You know, if it gives me another year or two, that's that's, that's what I'll have to do. So next year, really, for me, is focusing on my health and trying trying to figure out, you know, what I can do to keep me here for another while. Another while. And she survived nearly three years more. That was Christmas of 2019 and she passed away November of 2022, November 14th, 2022 at the age of just 48. Um, Just to read those words again. And as I said, we we searched high up and low down for a recording of these words. Couldn't find them Um, last night or this morning. But these words were words she wrote after another cervical cancer campaigner and sufferer died two years ago and of course they'd become friends she became friends with so many of the other people this was after the death of Ruth Morrissey and these are words that Vicky wrote I don't want your apologies I don't want your tributes I don't want your aide de camp at my funeral I don't want your accolades or your broken promises I want action, I want change and I want accountability another campaigner from the time uh, I mentioned yesterday that 2019 had been a, a year in which the story had just dominated the news and rightly so the, the cervical check story from when it broke in April 2018 right through 2019 it, it, it dominated and one person I spoke to a number of times in the course of that year and indeed before and since was was Carol Murray um, Carol good morning good morning PJ she inspired so many people. I know she personally inspired you greatly. Yeah, she did. Like I met her once. Actually, we there was um, like a kind of a not a fundraiser, but it was like um, kind of just a, 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 a thing we had in Mossford, like an art exhibition. But it was just all to do with the cervical smear. Just it was more of an awareness kind of thing, you know. So we met in that. Um, 
before, um, it was another girl had arranged it and stuff, so we kind of met briefly, but within the group, I suppose, we all kind of, you know, supported each other and stuff, but she was, she was like, you know, an advocate for all of us, you know what I mean? Both women that are here with voices and for the women with no voices, you know? Yes, yes, and a few of you came forward with very strong voices. Hers, it has to be said, Carol was the strongest, the one she led from the front, but so many people got behind her. And she, she started, herself, and to be fair, Stephen Teep and yourself and others, started a movement. 221 Plus is a movement now. Oh, definitely, like, and I think it makes people aware and, like, it makes people like, I even know now women that were very quiet at the start that just didn't want anyone to know if they're, you know, which is they're entitled to, you know, keep private about things. But there's more and more women speaking out more. And I, I think it's all from started from Vicky, you know, um, like I strongly believe I said it then and I'll say it now and I'll say it in another 10 years that if she didn't actually blow it out of the water that time, so to speak, <laughs> call it spade a spade, yes. then none of us would actually be the wiser, you know what I mean? I strongly believe that that's the only reason we all found out about it, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's also important, own- Carol, because that was one of the first things that I mentioned yesterday when the news came through of her, of her passing. Um, yeah. And I felt it was so important, and some people have said it, if it wasn't for Vicky refusing to be shut down Unsigned, yeah, the non-disclosure yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. Like, I strongly believe, like, <clears throat> so I'm only one story of, like, 200 and something, which we know of, like, God knows how many more maybe has, you know, maybe ha- passed away and didn't have any, like, fa- close relatives that didn't Correct. even find out. And I often think of this, like, there's probably some people that were first under the okay. carpet. And Carol, didn't. Carol, I'll tell you now, there's one I know of who, who <clears throat> was, her name was never recorded, but right. but, but I knew her well. And that's one, that's one of probably yes. many, PJ, like, and I, I strongly believe it, but like, even myself, like, I remember 2018, which I've said before, um, I was called up, so I had an appointment um, in April, and the doctor was sending me off for, like, um, MRIs and whatever, you know, just for myself, peace of mind, now, this is before any, any mistake came out to life. So this is in April, and he told me I was going for an MRI and that, and then I got a letter saying to come up. I got an appointment for two weeks later, and they said I was going for a biopsy, and I, I, I just thought I was being re-diagnosed, because when I rang that day, they said I wasn't going for a biopsy. I was actually going up for results. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. I, I said this before. It was like brought me back to 2011 when I was actually diagnosed first. And um, so I suppose this was in April, and I was called up two weeks later, then in May. But in that two weeks, it was when, um, so I was called up the week before Vicky's court case, right? And yes. then two weeks after her court case, when she came public, is when I was called up for, I thought it was for results or biopsy, but in actual fact, uh, the doctor in question at the time was actually giving me the news that there was mistakes and the audits and all this, like... So that's how I was told, but I, I strongly believe I was up like three weeks before I was up with him that day and nothing was said about any audits or any mistakes to get me to the same doctor. So it was only in that two week time frame then that Vicky came out, that's when I was called up. So I believe if she wasn't at the court that time and 
went public about it, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be having this conversation with you right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. None yeah. of us would be the wiser. And that's only my personal story part of it, you know what that's I mean? Right. So, right. you know, and it was just such a coincidence with the time frame, do you get me? Like, you know, I was only up three weeks before and nothing was mentioned, you know what I mean? And it was the same doctor and everything. And as you know, there was letters that were going around in 16, which they should have known about, which I do know they knew about, you know. Yes, yes. And in a way, Carol, it goes even further than her speaking out and refusing to be silenced was when she was in her doctor's surgery and the doctor slipped out for a moment and she, as she says herself in the film, have you seen the film, by the way, Carol, have you? Yeah, no, i just seen it briefly yeah. and, like, it's just... She snuck a look at her own file. yeah. And I often do that now myself, even since, like, you know, like, various, like, even the kids when they're in hospital, I'm constantly searching the files. Do you get me? I don't know. Is it self-doubt I have or lack of trust? No, but I I always say this to people, you know, the file is your file. Any patient patient at any time should be asking, can I read my file, doctor? Do you know what I mean? As you said, it's our files, you know what I mean? And we're entitled to it, you know, like, because, like, I strongly believe another, like, maybe I'm a bit sceptical or whatever, PJ, but I strongly believe in my own personal uh, case that that day when I was up and I the doctor told me about the mistakes, I, I said already on, on your air that, like, I was just relieved leaving that day. I wasn't being re-diagnosed and it just didn't sink in for a while about the whole mistake and everything, you know? Yeah. It was more the fact I, I was relieved I wasn't being brought up to be told I had cancer again. And I suppose... I said to him that day, like, oh, there's a letter, supposedly, went around in 2016. And he was like, oh, like that, you know. And I was like, Cause, as you know, I already had another case in 17 about different situation in the same circumstances. I do, I remember that. And he, he, I strongly believe that that letter, that was in 17, that that letter was not in my file in 2017 because it would have been found, you know. Could so have, I reckon yeah. it was only stuck in in 2018. Yep. You know? Yep. Well, if you watch. Because he didn't know I had a court case beforehand and his jaw dropped. I'll never forget that expression right, on right. his face, that's you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and the, the, watching the the film Vicky, which I hope gets shown on television very very soon, it's how she personally took on her own investigation was so inspirational. Carol, I leave it there with you and uh, wish you well. PJ, thanks, and look, my thoughts and my prayers are just going out to her family, and it's just you know it's just a horrible situation that none of us should be in. But I'm just I'm just my I'm just heartbroken for them anyway. PJ, all right, thanks all right. a million, and thank you, okay. Carol. Thank you. Thoughts with you. That's Carol Murphy. Uh, cervical check campaigner from Cork. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Gary says not one politician should show their face at her funeral, especially those from the last two governments. Michael on email to opinion at ninety six m dot e. I hope politicians and government ministers will show respect for her wishes and stay away from her funeral. Her passing should not be used by any politician for a photo op or to score political. Points. 0818. 96, 96, 96. We'll continue this conversation next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. People failed Vicky Phelan, says Connor, but she saved so many lives. And a lot of people messaging to say that people should, or politicians should heed her words 
and and not attend her funeral. Uh, if I read them one more time at the risk of boring you, but I will. She said, I don't want your apologies. I don't want your tributes. I don't want your aide-de-camp at my funeral. I don't want your accolades or your broken promises. I want action. I want change. And I want accountability. Did she get it, I wonder? Did she get the accountability that she wanted so much uh, before her death? I know that Gabriel Scali has one more report to write uh, he wrote a brilliant report into the whole treatment of Vicky Phelan and the rest of the women, and he is back for a review of that report early, I believe, in 2023. I look forward to talking to him then. We've had a good relationship with Dr. Skelly on the opinion line during COVID uh, from a public health point of view, but I'd, I'd love to speak with him when this is all over from his point of view. Let me talk for now to Jess. Jess, I know that you spent a lot of yesterday in tears when you heard the news. You never actually met her, but you did communicate. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, and do you know what now? Even just listening to you talk there about her and just hearing about on the news, like I know Stephen Teep was on RT this morning. It's just, it's unbelievable, like, do you know? Because I don't think any of us thought she was going to, she was going to pass away. Yeah. Like I would have traded messages with her a bit, I suppose more so after I found out that my smears had been misread. Do you know, and yeah. it's like, do you know, everything that woman was going through, like, and she still found the time to talk to people she didn't even know. Yeah. You've never spoken about that until now. What happened? No, um, I suppose, look, it was um, like some of your listeners would be familiar with my story. Um, I spoke to you at length numerous times at this stage, PJ. Mm-hmm. Um, Endometriosis, menopause, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose, look, I I was having surgery after surgery here. It wasn't working. My smears, funnily enough, I had three smears in the space of, I think, two years. You normally at 25 only have one every three years. So I was at, like, I had the first one because I was the age to have it. I had the other two because I was having symptoms. Everything came back normal. And I was having all these surgeries, these gynae surgeries. And, you know, my own consultant actually said to me at the time, I can't understand why your smears are coming back normal, which is why I was sent for follow-ups. Um, and I suppose, look, I had the hysterectomy um, at the age of 27 in October 2019. And I was in uh, London. I had it in London. And on my return home, uh, I'd gotten a letter in the post that day to ask me to present for screening as soon as possible. I mean, what a gut punch, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you, you lost your service in the operation. I lost everything, PJ, that hollowed me out, I suppose, is the kindest way to put it, like. Um, and you know what? Like, that had to happen. And if, if my smears had been read properly, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe it still would. But I lost two years of treatment time. Do you know? I mean, I still have my life. Yes. Vicky doesn't. Irene Teep doesn't. Lindsay Bennett doesn't. And, you know, like Vicky, I suppose, like you said, that quote about she wants accountability. I mean, where's the accountability for the people that signed off on on our smears being flown out of the country to a substandard lab? Do you know, there was no accountability there. I think two people from the HSE resigned and that was it. Yeah. Do, do you think like they don't understand PJ like they don't understand I'm sorry now for cutting across okay, you but okay. they, like 
they just they don't understand the horror that families are living with. They don't understand the horror that my family lives with. And I lived. Do you know what I mean? But they don't understand the horror of what these other women and now that they've passed away, their families face without them knowing that it was preventable or knowing that you just didn't know the truth. And I think that's what people are failing to realise. Yeah, I mentioned there when I was talking to Carol and it's it's a name I would never mention on the air. Um, But I knew someone, one of the people who was missed. And it was only after the, the, the 221 plus movement started that um, her husband um, told me what had happened. And she was yeah. she was a dear friend of mine years ago. Herself and her husband were dear friends. And I only realized, my God almighty, it was happening. It was happening really before anybody knew. Oh, it was. And I suppose, look, I've been lucky enough through work to be part, to be, to be a, a, an observer of some of the briefings that the two to one plus group have given from time to time. And I mean, like there's we're still not sure. Like we know the audits finished, I think, in mid to late 2018. But how many people were missed after that? How many people weren't included in the audits? There's never been a full audit. The only samples that were audited were samples where the person later had developed cervical cancer to see if their earlier smears were missed. Do you know what I mean? There's so much we still don't know. And Gabriel Scally, all credit to him, did as much as he could, but he's working within a system that won't change. Yeah. Stephen has spoken to me here about Dr. Scally more than once, and and I look forward to, hopefully when he has completed his work, uh, to talking Mm -hmm. with him. But I I always got the impression, listening to Gabriel um, speaking about this, he himself was angry, very, very angry at what he discovered. Yeah, he was like, and you know, you could tell that from, I suppose, that, like the, he wasn't a man for giving a lot of interviews, but the ones that he did, I always felt it was more that what he left unsaid yes. said the most. Yes. Do you know, and I just like, you know, I suppose like people are trying to honour Vicky's memory at the moment, and I think that's important. But what I also think is important is that like, do you know, I suppose we realise that like, at the end of the day, this shouldn't have happened do you know what I mean? This was avoidable. And that's the worst part of anything like this, PJ. Yes. Do you know, none of us should know the name Vicky Phelan. None of us should know the name Lindsay Bennett or Irene Teep, but we do. And we do. We know them for the worst reasons. Yeah. Or Emma Vic Vahuna, who I spoke to many times. Yeah, yeah we should. Oh, PJ, the, the, the 10 or 40 names that are out there and the over 200 names that we don't know. That's right. And the hundreds more. Yeah. Possibly. That we don't know how, and like it's just yesterday that you reveal, and you know, people know at this stage you and I know each other well and are friends, but I never knew that about you, Smears, and you never revealed that until yesterday. Um, is there is there any way that Jess is there any way that society, and I use that as a general term, can say to Vicky, we heard you. We're listening. We'll act. I suppose, you know what, BJ, that's a very big question to ask. Like, I, I don't think even, to be honest, that the blame or anything like that lies with society. I don't think it's on us to make to make any, to, to change things now. I think, like, the the people that caused this to happen in the first place, 
they're the ones that need to make changes, whether that's leaving their jobs, whether that's actually coming out and apologising. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Holding your hands up and saying, I did wrong and I'm sorry. I made a terrible error. But we haven't even had as much as that. That's the worst part of it. And like, where where do we go for accountability? Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Nobody's ever held accountable. Yeah. I want action. And Vicky I want wanted change. that accountability. Want accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And again, to come back to the, the first point that I was quick to make yesterday, had she not turned around to them and said, no, I'm not signing that non-disclosure order. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't even be talking, you and me. Good, nobody would know. No, and you know what? Like, I, I don't think I don't think I suppose that people realise like the gravity of a situation like that. Do you know what I mean? Because I mean, she the, the woman was terminally ill going through this this court case, and this is what she was dealing with. And they had the absolute cheek to turn around and say to her, "Sign that non-disclosure form before you leave the room." That's her story to tell if she wants to tell it. She, she gave them their answer. Do you know? And look what she did. She The amount of women that she brought up behind her, do you know, setting up the 221 group, the amount of support she gave to women that she never even met, that just says a lot more the measure of that woman. All right. Jess, good speaking to you, as always. Thank you. Jess Neuville on 0818 96 96 96. Can I recommend you look up something, actually, on the... T.G. Cahar player, now don't be afraid, most of it's in English, it was a recent programme they did on T.G. Cahar about menopause and Gronje Shoiga uh, front of the programme and it's on their player and Jess plays a huge part in it uh, and there's a lot of her story in it, it's worth, worth a look. 0818 96 96 96 Kate says I think the biggest factor in all of Vicky's story is the way they tried to keep her quiet and she was wonderful to take it all on herself while she was sick. She did it for us there were women saved because of her. Think of that. Not because of the politicians lining up to attend her funeral or make statements. My thoughts are with her children and all who knew her. Morning, PJ. The government let Vicky down and others. Please respect the decision in death, says Burr. Thank you, Burr. Uh, yep, Connor. People failed Vicky Phelan, but she saved the lives of so many. Uh, and uh, loads of people messaging us this morning to say that no politician should turn up at her funeral and no aide de camp should be at her funeral. Courts 96 FM.